Well, I am thrilled to welcome Aisha Chari and Angela Tucker to How to Build a Village. They are lifelong friends who are also host of the podcast For the Love of Tinsel, which is your unapologetic virtual lounge for leaning into romantic Christmas movies. So welcome. It's so good to talk to you both. I love this podcast. I love that you guys are lifelong friends and also professional collaborators. And of all of the episodes, I think my favorite was episode three, when you went behind the curtain with you, Angela, on the making of your Lifetime movie, A New Orleans Noel. So what has it been like for you guys to collaborate professionally? Again, because this isn't your first professional collaboration, and also to talk about your own work within another bit of your own work. Yeah, I mean, I'll start and then Aisha can uh, jump in. You know, Aisha and I have loved really like rom-coms but christmas movies forever and so every season we talk about them anyway you know and we'll kind of we'll be watching them and going back and forth and saying did you see this one this is one that's better than that one and when this season happened and it was like i had made new orleans noel and it was going to be on lifetime and it was so exciting and i had always wanted to do something like this and Aisha and I were like let's just do a podcast it was very spontaneous so if that's like inspiring to people it was really just how do we take the conversations that we have in life and bring them to the podcast space you know and I think what we thought we could bring to the space that was a little different would be also in addition to talking about our for the love of Christmas movies I could also talk about having made a Christmas movie right and one of the things is that you know for Two little girls have been watching Christmas movies since we were tiny and loving every moment of it. To have one of us be making a Christmas movie, it's just, it was such a realization of a dream. Like this idea of just coming full circle. I, I just felt like I was one of that little girl again going, look what you're doing, Angela. Like this is amazing. And also, you know, when it's your bestie who's doing this and we've worked together before, but you know, we can talk the ins and outs of this process, right? So we get to see how these things are made. I'm, And that's why we get behind the curtain. Like that was what, you know, movies that we've been watching forever, we get to see, I get to see how it's made. I get to hear the conversations that she has and, you know, how to take all of the years of watching these movies and how do you put them and modernize them for a current movie right now? Mm-hmm. That whole process for two creative people um, it was just, it was great for me to watch. It was great for me to watch her work. It was, it was, I just learned so much. I mean, that, I loved New Orleans Noel. It's such a oh, wonderful you. story. Fabulous cast. I love Patti LaBelle, Keisha Pulliam. I mean, amazing cast. And I love New Orleans. And it was so great. It was to see it as a character in the film, really, right? Absolutely. And just yeah. Looking yeah. so, so beautiful. So, and I love as well that you've let your, friendship kind of dictate this podcast. So talk a bit about your other collaborations and how they've been different from the podcast. Well, we did a series for REI uh, called The Trees Remember, and that was three short films that we co-wrote and that I directed and that were, you know, on the REI site, and you can check them out on their website and on YouTube. And that also really came, everything really kind of happens organically, also because it's just, we've been friends for so long, and so you really want to make sure that we're the partnership makes sense, and we both know what we're bringing to it and all of that. So when I was 
whenever I'm bidding for something uh, for a job, I'll talk to Aisha about it and she'll tell me all kinds of ideas. And I felt like when we were talking about the trees, remember, which is really about kind of black women in the outdoors and sort of them finding their connection to the outdoors. Um, you know, Aisha had so many great ideas and particularly there was a one that was about sort of a mother and a daughter. And, you know, I haven't, I'm not a parent. So I was, that was the first moment that I went, instead of me just like picking Aisha's brain constantly, <laughs> why don't we just like collaborate on it and let her write that piece and I'll write, you know, one piece and we'll write one together. So that, that really kind of happens, um, you know, just from the conversations that we're having and like, let's just take this up a notch. Right. And I've been, you know, for me, myself, I, I think of myself as a storyteller and I think of myself as a as a writer. Angela is an amazing storyteller um, and she definitely has a huge visual piece to all that she does. I mean, she also I mean, she makes documentaries, too. It's just that, you know, how those pieces um, fit together is really not what I do. But to see that that's the wonderful thing I think about film is that you take this thing that you've had in your head and all of a sudden it becomes this kind of visual piece that is very fascinating as for a writer, for me, who doesn't think necessarily in those terms of shots or budgets, quite frankly. But all of that is just, it's a really, it's a really great education. And what's, uh, and there's no better way for me to do that than with someone who is, you know, my best friend and has been doing this for so long. And what is it you guys like about rom-coms? Oh, I think you go first, because I feel like you've really, you've really given this thought. <laughs> I, I listen, I, and it's funny, Jill, because one of the things that I was listening to actually uh, your podcast, one that you did with Delia Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you were saying that, you know, she likes to read these books that are pretty dark for the most part. Mm -hmm. And you made this comment about, you know, the world is pretty dark. And I kind of like to watch things that are a little bit lighter, that give a little joy. And the, quite frankly, for me, that's my general approach to rom-coms, even as a kid. Like, not that necessarily my life was dark, but it was such this wonderful escape into um beauty and romance and connection and something about that and the different ways that can happen and the shenanigans that sometimes happen for that to recur has always fascinated me. It has always fascinated me. And, you know, I was thinking, so Angela has a very sophisticated mind, always has since we were kids, right? So, you know, I, she would have me, like, I would love Teen Witch and thinking it was the best, you know, cinematic feat ever and it doesn't age well but whatever it still brings me joy okay <laughs> and she'll be like let's go watch you know a room with a view and what were we 13 14 yeah yeah and yeah. I would never have gone to that on my own because I'm like these are old people you know British old people <laughs> and yet you know we watch and I loved loved a room with a view just mm. it's still one of my absolute favorite movies and I, you know, it's the kind of thing where there's so many different ways and accents you can have and still, you know, culturally, but it still applies this idea of connection and love and, you know, moments that make you laugh that you can laugh at yourself. It's just, I, I love them. It's where I go for levity. It's where I go to, you know, feel the joy of love. And it, it's always given me something back to me. I feel like 
you know, for a long time, there was kind of a, a wish fulfillment aspect to romantic comedies that sure. I loved, which mm -hmm. was, you know, I want to find someone who's like this person in the movie that's not real, you know? And, um, <laughs> and you know, when I was single, which was like a long time, uh, it was nice to watch these movies and feel like, somebody like that was out there and a, and a person who isn't perfect can find another person who isn't perfect and they can get together and make a, you know, and, and make be perfect a life together. together. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And have absolutely. it be, have it be kind of tidy and not, you know, and not deal with like all of the darkness of life. And, you know, I also, you know, work in documentaries and to Aisha's point, I, I have made documentaries in a lot of dark subject matter <laughs> And it was very nice to like be working on something like a New Orleans Noel while I was in the depths of like making films about like forced sterilizations of women and things like that. You know, um, I think it really um, for me, I, I feel like I'll always kind of be in it, you know, in the genre while I'm doing these other pieces because it just allows just, yeah, the levity, which I really like a lot. Now, I feel like you guys are historians of rom-coms because you've been watching <laughs> them for so long. Yes. How yes. would you say they've changed over the years? Well, well one of the things that for me that um, I think they're definitely a little bit more conscious of the rom-coms, you know, mm -hmm. that we watch now. I mean, if you if you think of things like 16 Candles, right, all of those mm -hmm. movies that do not age well, okay, <laughs> they do yeah, not. Okay, and we love them so much, but uh, the more as, as society is, is understanding that these movies, rom-coms or not, are always through the male gaze. And so mm -hmm. they, the understanding of the female character, what she feels, her motivations for doing things um, mm -hmm. is just, they have to do better because so many more are aware and have a voice to say, this is, this is, this is, you know, this is insane. Like there's so many scenes when I think about the fact that we watched these movies as young girls and thought it didn't even phase us. The scenes in 16 Candles, which really was one of my favorite movies growing up. There's so many scenes and they were just completely not OK for young girls to watch and think it's fine to not notice that this older guy leaning on a red car was the end all be all as opposed to yeah. all of the other um, stuff that was going on and, and the lack of real female friendship and understanding um, of how to navigate romance. Um, it's just not in those movies as they should be. And I, I think people are a lot more aware. So, you know, so even watching the movies like, you know, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which is an adorable, um, you know, teen rom-com, you know, that, mm -hmm. that Netflix put out. Mm -hmm. And when I see just the female empowerment, the female understanding um, yeah. as still navigating the same, does he like me? Does he not? You know, all of that kind of stuff. It's just, it's just more aware. And I appreciate that. I do. Yeah. I would say, you know, Nora Ephron really changed the game for sure. romantic comedies mm, with, you know, when Harry met Sally, I mean, when Harry met Sally was kind of like, I think when people had an understanding of the rom-com as like a genre, that's a specific thing, maybe mm. before that. But I, I feel like there was at least like discourse in like magazines about rom-coms starting with that. And I think that Nora Ephron did really kind of change the game in terms of how romantic comedies were made and how they could be exist in kind of mainstream 
you know, cinema and make a lot of money, you know, because a lot of it was money. And then, um, and also, and how you don't time. have to be 22 years old. Like Nora Ephron right, did such right. a great job of of saying that romance is for, you know, every age. It's not just you don't have to be a teenager to be or 21 to be in a in a, a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, yeah, I definitely look to her as someone who kind of changed the game for. And then there was a long time where rom coms made a lot of money for a lot of people, and um, and then that kind of stopped for yeah. and. And I'm not totally sure why that is. I can't say, you know, the industry is kind of finicky. But I, I do think now the rom-com space has shifted onto, you know, like streamers and TV too. I think TV has played a big role in, you know, you can watch TV shows and they're kind of, you get that rom-com vibe in a TV show. Like Jim and Pam on The Office is kind of like the longest rom-com ever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, that, you, that, you know, ended the way you wanted it to end, you know? Uh, so I do think TV also kind of uh, hit the rom-com genre too, but... Agreed. But I I do, I feel like we are returning to it though. And I think the Christmas movies are the real return to it. The Christmas movies say to the world, like people do want rom-coms because that's all these Christmas movies are essentially. Some are, there are other rom-coms. Some of them are, you know, I'd say romantic dramas, but essentially it's, it's kind of filling that void that we all want, which is like to see people fall in love quickly, you know, with, with some conflict, but not too much. And it's all going to work out, you know? Well, one of the topics I really enjoyed on For the Love of Tinsel is your discussion of representation, how that's changing too, that you're not only having, you know, like the, the 16 Candles example, where like mm -hmm. you only have white characters and you have some very mm -hmm. troubling tropes about, yeah. on white characters and and now because there's just this explosion there are just so many and I was so impressed by how many you guys watched and how many there <laughs> are you know mm, Christmas movies yeah. and that they are catering to different different types I notice in books as well that you'll have neurodiverse characters you'll have characters mm -hmm, of different mm -hmm. races who are in lead roles you know and in you know as opposed to just kind of a friend so it's been um good to see the industry evolve, evolve in that way too and good to hear your episode on it yeah Thank I mean I, I think it is evolving for sure um and I think you know as audience members we need to let our you know streamers networks everybody know that we want to see this work and the way that you do that is by supporting films that are you know that have diverse people in them so that it sends the message to oh X amount of millions of people watched this movie that had a protagonist that was sort of different than the t protagonist that they always have. So, you know, I think it's important to support those films too. One of the episodes I loved as well, talking to the costume designer and just this idea that some of these films demand red and green in every frame, which I never was aware of before the Christmas rom-coms. Um, <laughs> just that how you really are so aware that it's, that it's Christmas because of the the beautiful colors and one intriguing thing you guys said in one episode love actually that could be an episode onto itself um mm -hmm. and yet do you think that that has aged well because now that's about it's a good 20 years old now isn't it yeah. angela tucker you i mean i 
Listen, I don't love love, actually. I just, you know, we're, we're going to do an episode about it because it requires it uh, because people really love it. I, there are just some storylines I like better than others, but this right. is like a complete film. Like, I don't even go back to it. I probably haven't seen it in like at least 10 years, like at least, right? And there's just a lot of things in it I find kind of weird. And I love the British rom-coms that were coming out during that time period, like Four Weddings and a Funeral and Notting Hill. But I just, that one, I don't know. People love it though. They do. And it, it's interesting. So, cause you know, I have my, my list, like I have my list of like my all time favorites and Bridget Jones is on there. And Bridget Jones has a strong Christmas you know, yeah. holiday, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. side of it. It absolutely. And then there was a, there was one that just came out. Your Christmas or mine. I think it's your Christmas or mine. And it was fantastic, you know, and it had all of the, the great, you know, the Britishisms in it, lots of soul music on top of, and the, on top of these, you know, weird, you know, misunderstandings and, and, and chase scenes. And it was fantastic. It was, it was really, really fun in a way that I didn't get that from Love Actually as much. And Bridget Jones is one of my favorites. It really, it's just fun. It's just fun. And I read the book, you know, and before I watched the movie, because I have a thing about that. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the few times that you can say that the movie was as entertaining as the book. You can't say that too often. So, you know, I just, we, we, it's one of those things that we were afraid to say out loud to each other Mm -hmm. that um, Love Actually wasn't in our top, uh, List in our, in our, it didn't I mean it's just it. so weird it's like some guy is trying to steal his best friend's fiance <laughs> then there's like you know I don't know there's just things in it that you're like ooh and then like Hugh Grant's assistant or whoever who's like a lot younger than him I mean there's just <laughs> things you have to turn your brain off in or a way what about like, the oh. wife that wants her husband who thinks maybe her husband is like uh, you know loves her and then he's having enough fair that she yeah. finds in the most painful way yeah like, I know. as a christmas movie that's yes. killing my joy it's killing my buzz <laughs> i know i know i know so, so so what are your top ones then if you can off the top of your head i i could do this really fast because i wrote i i i keep a list <laughs> don't judge yeah, I don't, me <laughs> yeah i don't have a list i will say number one is I know while you were while you were yeah. sleeping Definitely. which is stars uh sandra bullock came out in the 90s is basically a lifetime christmas movie that just you know came out in theaters but young sandra bullock young bill pullman uh just i love that movie for it's one of my favorite movies in general uh so i would definitely say that's kind of number one aisha you say something and i'll think of some more okay so young young aisha loved princess bride because oh, to me that is a oh okay yeah yeah adventures uh-huh. yeah, in yeah. babysitting mm-hmm. um yeah. and young me loved when harry met sally which is a different movie to old me <laughs> like when you yeah, watch yeah, it yeah. and you are an older person and you're over 30 it's a different movie it hits you mm-hmm. completely differently but still mm-hmm. um just love but for me i loved you know Leap year is more current ones, like ones that were, you know, grown ups falling in love. I knew you were going to take leap year. <laughs> I didn't take it. It is amazing. It's one of my favorite is Matthew Good. I was it. like, darn and... it, I was going to say leap year. Uh-huh. Oh, see, and Amy Adams, and it takes place in Ireland. And I just, I love it when rom coms make whatever city they're in or uh, their environment 
and their community part of the story mm. to me that just makes a better um rom-com i loved um someone like you with hugh jackman and mm. ashley judd um mm. well i love you hugh did jackman. love that movie i, I did remember when and that movie sound- came out you the loved soundtrack, that movie the soundtrack for that one and the soundtrack for um Bridget Jones, they have like four overlapping or four or five overlapping songs in their soundtrack, which I thought was fascinating, but I don't care. I loved it very much. I'm jumping in because she's going to say them all. Okay, I'm going to say, you're not going to say the ones I'm going to say, I know. Uh, I I rewatched, I didn't love it when it came out, but I lately have been feeling Notting Hill and I I, I don't know why. Really? yeah, did not like so, it when it came out. That didn't was like it when it thing. came out. Didn't like it when it came out. And then I saw it recently. And I don't know. I think I'm I'm going through a, wow, young Hugh Jackman. Wasn't he charming? Or sorry. Oh, my God. Young Hugh Grant. Young Hugh. Yes. You. <laughs> young Hugh Grant. Let me get that right. Young Hugh Grant. Adorable. Um, so I think I'm going through, because I saw that. And then I saw Four Weddings and a Funeral. Another one that at the time I was like, there's just so much going on. But I... I liked Four Weddings and a Funeral because I thought it was kind of an interesting rom-com that, you know, sends a different message of like, we don't have to get married. We can live sort of a life that we kind of want to live, which I think is kind of interesting. And then I got to throw in The Best Man. Uh, That is just so, that is like a rom-com that uh, I feel like well, it gets plenty of love. It has a series now on Peacock. Um, um, so those are those are some some additional ones that I just wanted to throw out there. Okay, so funny mm-hmm. moment that we had was I was playing. Um, I was out with a bunch of you know moms who had just dropped off our our kids, and we all had to go shopping. And one of them, she's an older daughter. Her daughter at the time, I think, was is in college. And we're saying she looked down. We said, "What's wrong?" And she said, "You know, she's dating this boy now for two to three years, and you know, her daughter's." up for some fellowship and she got all these scholarships and she's just, you know, moving and shaking. And, you know, she was offered to go, I think to like Australia or something like that. And she said that their daughter's boyfriend, you know, he's just not that guy. Like he's got, I think he does music or something and, you know, he does the basics, but what he does is that he loves her daughter and she's like he's not going anywhere and she's like I actually think he's going to Australia with her for her fellowship and we're really upset and so the other mom was like oh you mean that's her Lloyd Dobler and she said what are you talking about (laughs) and so we all looked at her we all looked at her and said you don't know who Lloyd Dobler is (laughs) (laughs) and we literally bought our groceries went back to one mom's house rented say anything that's some wine it was at 9 30 (laughs) a.m because we dropped off the kids and we're like you're gonna watch this movie and we're gonna explain this phenomenon to you and in the middle she said oh my gosh i get it i was like that's her Lloyd Dobler. See, that's interesting. Say that anything. Yes, yeah, anything. And, and it's interesting that that ages well because I haven't seen it since it came out. When say it, anything eyes... ages well, but there are, you know, I was talking to somebody who's like a millennial, so younger than us, but still grown, and they. <laughs> you know they had a whole thing where they I think there's like a feeling around Lloyd where they feel like he's a little bit of a hanger on kind of the way the dad you know in the movie the dad was like 
basically called Lloyd a hanger on and yeah. um and because he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life and, and I found that kind of interesting because I was sort of just like well, I, I don't know about that like I mean I I think that Lloyd brought up something that's interesting in terms of um it you know deciding that you want to commit to someone and commit your life to someone is a really brave and noble act and I think he and you don't see men do that you know you don't you, you know it's always like the woman is like I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna you know but it's having someone like Lloyd I, I don't know I loved it but some people kind of feel like it's like he doesn't have his act together and I was like okay but I love say anything and yeah. I think that's a I think it's a great script too by the way because the whole subplot with the dad mm -hmm. is really is strong and and John Mahoney is incredible in that movie. Um, I I probably watch that Agreed. movie once a year, once a Agreed. year for sure. I said oh, I watch that wow. movie. Agreed. But it's yeah, it's yeah. it's funny for me now at this age when you know Lloyd and was older than me when I when I watched it right like they were you know right. but and now I'm relating to the father. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And what it's like, like, you know, trying to get my friend to understand what it's like for your child to be in a relationship like this mm. and what it looks like from the outside. That was, I mean, yes, it made me feel really old, but it still had a purpose. And that to me, when a movie can do that, like when Harry Met Sally does that for me, mm. seeing it from so many, like whatever age you are, it changes, but still has value. Yeah. That to me is a great movie. I also want to shout out like a newer movie that I felt like I saw in the movie theater and went, oh, I haven't had this like rom-com feeling in a movie that has like a really big budget in a long time, which is Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, um, yeah. I just, I really enjoyed that movie. And I, you know, and I also love rom-coms that have like big ensemble casts you know um like certain people like the, the comic relief and but yeah I I loved that film and and that is one that I read the book mm -hmm. and then saw the movie and um yeah I feel like the movie uh might be better than the book wow I know I know controversial but I think so <laughs> I praise you phenomenal phenomenal cast Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to re-watch re all of these. Well, what do you guys have coming up? Do you have any um, collaborations coming up? Have you started thinking about the next season of For the Love of Tinsel? Yeah. And it's so... I, I'm still decompressing from Christmas, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the wonderful thing about the podcast is that it's seasonal, right? So then you have mm -hmm. all this wonderful time to think about what you want to do. Um, so, I mean, I think we're both working on creative projects right now. And I think, you know, Angela is going to be flying all over the world because she gets to have this wonderful thing where she gets to step into her, you know, I am a documentary maker. I make documentaries and I have all of these very serious things that I need to work on. That's a lot. And then she jumps over to this other where she's this creative person and she's writing and she's making up stories out of her head and you know and it's it's awesome for her to watch I'm actually working on my project that I'm working on right now is you know I, I am still writing on the side because I've got these ideas I can't stop them they're always coming up and I'm, I'm working on a project about you know raising sons and you know mm. and so we kind of share ideas with each other and then I think when we get closer in to you know, when the, the Christmas season starts to come sneak up on us again is when we're going to probably come together and start like, how do we want to approach this season? 
um, and yeah. and what's coming up because that you know they they hold out on what's coming out um, and they keep it close to the chest until you get a little bit more August September sometimes they have a um, a Christmas in July I think um, yeah yeah right which is their new thing because they realize how many people are as to Angela's point are looking for these kind of romantic comedies right they're looking for a place where they can indulge for a little while. And, um, and summer is a great time for that. Just like, you know, the holiday season is a great time for that. Yeah, I would say that, you know, the first season was kind of like a fun, spontaneous, let's see how this goes. And it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we felt like people liked it. So this new season will definitely be more interviews with people uh, who are working behind the scenes in the movies, you know, like having just, you know, worked on one movie I've met so many people who, I mean, this is like their bread and butter. They make, you know, three or four of these a year. Like I have a mm-hmm. friend who directs at least two, sometimes three of these movies a year. And, you know, the people, crew, people, their, you know, production design, wardrobe, they're making four or five a year, you know? So I think talking to those people, in addition to us kind of, yeah, seeing what the climate is and seeing, you know, what kind of movies we want to see. It'll be nice because I, you know, this was kind of my first one that I had made coming Mm -hmm. out and it was a lot of, a lot of, you know, stuff to do. So I feel like this year I'm working on some documentary projects, like I just said, so I'll just be able to be kind of a spectator and I'll get to Mm -hmm. see a lot of movies and, 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 uh, you know, have my commentary. So where can people find you, you guys? Uh, well, uh, like for, online media, for, and, yeah. for the yeah. podcast, you can mm-hmm. find um, the number four, the love of tinsel on, you know, Instagram, Facebook. And so definitely check us out there. And, you know, you can follow us wherever there are podcasts, you know, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe now. So then like when it comes back, you won't have to think about how do I find that Christmas podcast? It will just pop up into your feed. We will come to you. We will come to you. And for me, you can find me Tucker Girl, G-U-R-L at, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the places. Right. And, you know, Angela and I were working together on For the Love of Tinsel. And then mm-hmm. my project, which is called Sons in the City, will be mm-hmm. Instagram up and running by June, by June. And so um, look out for more. I can't wait to see it. Well, thank you guys so much for coming by and can't wait to hear the next season and see your upcoming projects. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you Thank so you. much for this, Jill. This was so much fun. Oh, and it's great seeing you again. Yeah. yeah, great seeing you guys too. Come by anytime. <laughs>